welcome to the No Breaking Podcast. Today, I have, one might say, uh, a raconteur is the best way to describe him. Uh, Scott Birdsall, otherwise known as Mr. Chuckles Garage, Mr. or half of Resolute Motorsports, race car driver, uh, hoonigan athlete. Um, I mean, you wear so many hats, and I don't even think that starts to to describe your fabrication portions, your building, your engineering. I mean, where do I stop, Scott? Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm, I, you know, I'm just, I'm just on this earth to party and and learn stuff and have a good time. So, and and you seem to be look, uh, you're doing a pretty good job, to be fair, by the look of it. <laughs> Thank you. And so, if we kick back and sort of. I look back at my notes here and try to piece together what led you to be where you are today. I mean, I've done my, a little bit of research here on the back of a napkin. Um, I know that obviously you grow up liking cars, um, but you also grew up like more of a blue collar background, I'd say. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely grew up in a blue collar background. My dad was a police officer and, you know, just a, uh, you know, we didn't, we didn't have a lot of money and, you know, he was a car guy, but he was also a a car guy that couldn't afford to be a car guy. So we didn't have any cool cars or anything like that. But, you know, we always would go to local car shows and watch racing on TV and, you know, just, uh, just, just, you know, take in the automotive world without necessarily the budget for the automotive world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, but then. I mean, as we move along, obviously you, you're engaged yourself in the mechanical side of it. I mean, I'm guessing school, like shop class and things like that was something that you really sort of found your forte in, one might say. Yeah, I would have to, uh, yeah, Mr. Mr. Kruzik was my shop teacher. And, um, you know, in high school shop class is where I really got the book because, you know, then I got to really get my hands dirty on on cars. And I ended up actually, my first car was a 1978 Volkswagen Dasher that I got from auto shop. I bought it for $600. And uh, yeah, that's, I mean, it, it started there and it just kept going. And so, I mean, we've got to also put this in perspective. It was shop class during the week and then headed to the mountains on the weekend. So you could uh, hit the parks for the snowboarding, right? Yeah. So up until Oh gosh, what was it? Two thousand eight, which seems like a long time ago, but it really wasn't. Um, up until two thousand eight, uh, I rode for Burton Snowboards and Analog Clothing. Um, not necessarily a professional snowboarder, but um, you know, I was I had enough connections and I was good enough to uh, to be on flow for them. Look, hey, everything helps, right? As you said, you're just trying to enjoy right? this lifestyle that you've got to get through it. Yeah. So, but if we take a step back, though, I mean, were you still taking the Dasher up to the mountains then to snowboard, or was this before then? How did oh, no, this was together? so. Well, I I first snowboarded in 1984, so I mean, <laughs> that dates me a bit. But um, you know, I didn't didn't really take it serious until until I was probably well, 20, 22, 23 years old. So that's post-Dasher then, then um, obviously. This was, was this, much, this was very post-Dasher. <laughs> was this Was this either the mini trucks phase, the low rider phase, or another phase? Which phase are we in now? Or is this the hot rod phase? So, Where are we at? Oh, gosh. 
I mean, it spans such a long time. So in the, in that time, I went through through my uh, my first car, and then I got a Nissan pickup. I bought a brand new '91 Nissan truck, and I made that into a mini truck. Did so you, then I was a mini trucker. So when you had the mini truck, did you have the license plate to the side or not? No, I did not. I kept mine in the middle because I thought that was a pretty lame, pretty lame thing. Plus, I was too poor and didn't have the skills to French it into my into my tailgate. So, but but now you could just think about now you could throw back and be like, you know, this is when maybe this is the yeah. way to go these days. You know what? Things do come for, full circle, and lately I have been perusing Craigslist looking for a, uh, you know, that era Nissan truck or my next mini truck. I bought a brand new '94. Um, Toyota extra cab truck and I've been looking for one of those too because I want to take and do like a modern like ultra high performance version of of, uh, of a mini truck but you know obviously with like a 2JZ and a sequential transmission and crazy suspension and huge brakes and all that stuff obviously I mean you could, you wouldn't do it any other way right I mean 2JZ everything no, to some extent pretty much I mean I, I like LS motors but if, if I have to uh if I have to choose, I'm I'm choosing the inline six. There's really nothing better for me. And I mean, let's be honest, you've got a lot of experience. I mean, we can talk about your your other vehicles that have got those fitted. Yeah, there's a few of them. <laughs> I you know, I'd put them in a forklift if I could. Hey, if you, if you, the engine bay's big enough, why not? So obviously the, <laughs> right. the mini truck stage, right? So then where to after the mini trucks? Uh, after mini trucks, I was into low riders and, and then I had a couple different of different cars, but my favorite one was my 62 Buick, uh, wildcat that I had, uh, let's see, I had two pumps, four dumps, 12 switches, and it sat on uh, 13 by seven Supremes with uh, the little skinny tires on it and I was pretty, little five twenties. Hey, it's the, it's the only way to go, right? And then and then we obviously rolling down. Uh, where we were you still in the Bay Area at this time, or were you elsewhere at this point? At this point, I was in college, so right. I was a mix between uh, here in Santa Rosa and uh, San Luis Obispo. Okay, so still California then. Yeah. And then yeah, I mean, never, never really left California. I mean, why? I mean, why would you? I mean, there obviously there's the sunshine tax here, but it's not a bad place to be. <laughs> It's not. It's just the politics suck here. Yeah, that's that's a different. That's a story for another day. That's that's you can go on yeah. uh, and talk that with some of the other podcasters. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. <laughs> um, but what you what were you doing at college though in San Luis Obispo? Um, studying to be an electrical engineer. Um, and then uh, I got a job working at this place called EDC Technologies who ended up being kind of a dirt bag. Um, mm -hmm. But that was, uh, that was that. And then when, uh, when the tech crunch happened and, and jobs were kind of uh, non-existent or temporary, I just, I decided to get a corporate job and that led me to eventually being the district manager of Home Depot's which is obviously, department here. Which is like your was a, lifelong dream, right? This what you'd pictured. You're being like oh, you're, no. you're in your cars driving around, you're like, you know what, I wish I could be a Home Depot regional manager. You were down the slopes yeah, I, turning and it like, was you know, the worst job I've ever had in my life. It was it was absolutely the worst place to work. And I'm pretty sure I would rather light my fire light myself on fire than go do that again. 
But the plus side is it is it was so horrible that it motivated me to just take all my savings and um, just pursue what I love, which is cars. And so I opened up my shop and haven't looked back. That was 13 or 14 years ago. And so at, at that stage, were you doing any of your like road racing at that point? Or was it, does that before did that come out? How did that all sort of fit into it? Um, I started, well, gosh, I started karting when I was a kid. Um, and then I got into road racing and then did some pro road racing and then kind of fizzled away from that because of, you know, the money and the politics and racing, which is really yeah. not my, not my favorite thing. Um, and obviously, it, like you said, it does get expensive it's, uh, as you go up the ladder to some extent. Oh, it gets it gets exponentially more expensive as you go up the ladder. Um, you know, and then, you know, there's a lot of uh, talent versus money kind of stuff that uh, yes. you start getting in with that. the gentleman drivers, et cetera. And, you know, that's, I don't know. It's just, it's not really my thing. So <clears throat> walked away from that and. Just, uh, you know, that was that was all before I owned my own shop. So now and I own then, my own shop. I get to go to the track whenever I want and yeah, build, all, and, build whatever I want. And, and you know, and now looking, I'm racing Pikes Peak on my terms, which is yeah, perfect. Which is incredible. But and looking back at your shop, when you started, did you have a, like a goal, for example, of what you where you wanted to focus, or was it sort of a an approach of your mindset of whereas you just liked all essentially almost all aspects of the automotive culture. So you'd give you a shot at anything because you had the talent. When I initially started my shop, I focused on um, hot rods and what I did was, you know, like pre-war stuff, some post-war, like up into the sixties kind of stuff, but you know, mostly, mostly hot rods. And then, and I was going to say that's the, obviously you had your first sort of claim to fame. Was that around the strange bird time? The first claim to fame was this crazy 36 Dodge, like altered wheelbase thing I built. And in hindsight, it was like this huge piece of junk, <laughs> but you know, people thought it was cool and it got a few, and it got a few different magazines. Hey, people um, like what people <laughs> like. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, when it's like, uh, you know, as your skills grow, you look back at stuff you built a long time ago and you're like, oh, God, <laughs> I don't even want to take claim to that. Um, but the the first real big um, car I built that, that got a lot of attention was, uh, was a 62 Falcon uh, gasser called the Strange Bird. And that, and uh, that one kind of uh, jump-started the whole gasser craze. And, and you know, they, I don't know, it's just, it was a wild card. It had a 401 Buick nailhead in it with a blower and no front brakes and a spool. And it was just, it was literally death on wheels. And I mean, I've heard you talk about it. You said like it's got two speeds, right? It's got like stopped and uh, 11 <laughs> essentially, right? Yeah. You're either parked or it's turned up to 11. Like, it, yeah. you know, it had the hillborn injection on it. So the, the throttle response was just right now everything. Like half throttle felt like full throttle. So why not just put it to the floor? And then, so was there, I mean, obviously you've already talked about going back and revisiting your, your mini trucks days with possible different builds. Is there any thoughts of going back to the gasser days and the idea of doing something back there again? Not really, because I, I like to turn 
going, going straights really. I mean, drag racing is cool, but it's just, it's really not my thing. I like to turn. Well, I mean, we did see just recently uh, go head to head with Mr. Block and and some drag racing with the Hoonigans, right? <laughs> and, I mean, obviously, yeah, that's a whole different kind of fun. Yeah, I was going to say that's. Well, obviously, you're both competitive. Let's be honest. I have a feeling it was probably there was probably more laughs had on that day more than anything else, right? Oh yeah, we were we were laughing our asses off. That was that was so fun. Um, <clears throat> I got a call from Brian, you know, a little, you know a few weeks earlier and uh he's like hey you want to come come down and do this versus that versus ken and i'm like hell yeah so you know i didn't have time to change my pike's peak setup or anything so i just brought it as is and uh it was just fun i'm like i knew i didn't have a chance in hell of beating him but it was just fun to do it i'm just surprised that brian gave you a couple of weeks heads up usually it's like uh can you be here in like 10 <laughs> Yeah, it's it's uh I get I get the preferential treatment because I'm I'm one of the Hoonigan athletes, so I, I actually get a heads up sometimes. Look, hey, it's it's nice to have it, and also I mean, obviously I've seen you um have fun at the Burnyard with Old Smokey as well, where you I mean you turn it up to eleven whenever you get the chance. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I I mean I don't know, you know, it's you can be you can you can pigeonhole yourself into you know serious professional race driver, or you can just have fun with what with with whatever you have on tap, and that's and that's just what I like to do, you know. If I can take my record-winning Pikes Peak truck out to the burnyard and blow the tires off and have a bunch of fun, I'm going to do it. And hopefully not blow anything else up too much to some extent, right? Oh uh, yeah, I think you know what I have blown up an engine every time I've gone there because I just it's just so fun. It's like a it's like a gladiator arena. If there's no carnage, you're not doing yeah. it right. I mean, I guess it's like when the crowd's going and you got everyone amped up, you're just like, ah. <laughs> Some, those true. Every, everything gets a little bit closer when it's really should be. Well, it gets further away, but really it's probably coming a little bit closer. And then there's this, that, the other, right? And then everything gets a little bit hotter and you maybe not look at the dial as much because you're waving to the crowd. And then next thing goes pop, right? <laughs> that or you slam into the wall like I did last time. and We had to repair the whole back end of the truck. But I mean, look, if you repair the truck, I mean, it's, I, it's just improvements for racing right at that point. That's just an excuse to, to look at the re-engineering and see where you can go with it. Exactly. I call it, uh, <clears throat> I call it unintentional impact forging. Yeah. And, and so obviously Old Smokey, the story is well known to, to most people. I mean, if we, if we quickly revisit the highlights, didn't you get a call from, from your friend in regards to the, the truck being up for sale? You did some yeah, wheeling, so my, wheeling and dealing of sorts one of the yeah one of the tool truck guys came into the shop and he knew i was into older cars and he said hey i know where this old ford truck is you can probably get it for 500 bucks he's like, here's the address so i went and looked at it and it was old smoky and you know the guy wanted 300 bucks so of course i'm not going to pay 300 bucks because it's asking price right that's, that'd be yeah. absurd yeah so um you know, and you know, in the back of my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy only wants 300 bucks. I can get three grand for this thing all day long. <clears throat> so I ground him down to 225 bucks, and I took the truck home, and I was gonna take it and just uh, clean it up and put it back on Craigslist and make some money. <clears throat> but you know, that took a while to do. So it sat there and started to grow on me, and then I decided to turn it into a shop truck and. 
and my lack of restraint just caused the snowball to get bigger and bigger and bigger and and, and here we and, are. Uh, and now obviously <laughs> it's probably like a half million dollar race truck that holds records at Pikes Peak and probably looking to hold more records <laughs> at Pikes Peak and half mile records and everything else, right? If the if the your goals are to be hit. Yeah, so I am going back in June um to Pikes Peak, which is the ninety ninth running. And I am looking to bring my record into the mid tens. So I want to take nearly a full minute off my run. And obviously, I'm, I mean, you must be making a few changes to try and sort of get that to happen. Because I mean, obviously, last year, I think you went into limp mode for a portion of it, which obviously wouldn't have helped right. your time. Um, are you, what other yeah, changes I think, are you doing? So last time it went, or, you know, in 2020, the truck overheated and went into limp mode um, right at Devil's Playground, which is about two-thirds of the way into the race. So I raced the last half of the race with about 250 horsepower and um, you know, a big 4,000 pound truck with 250 horsepower at 12,000 feet in altitude isn't going very fast. No. So I figured I lost about 35 to 40 seconds just there. Um, and then we were also having traction issues for the entire race uh, overpowering our rear differential. So that's getting changed. Um, we're doing some setup changes to it to move a bunch of the weight back, uh, lightening up the front end, a uh, little more aero, and a lot more power. So, and um, I'd like to like to get into the mid tens. That'd be my goal. And then, so when does all when are you able to go up there for when does the qualifying start? I should say it's back in June, and then you'll be up there for like the month. Yeah, I'm. I'm not going. Usually, I go up for tire testing. Mm-hmm. And this year I don't plan on it, so I'll just be up there for two weeks. Okay. So okay. I think <clears throat> I land in Colorado Springs, not land, but I I drive into Colorado Springs on July or June 18th, and then I leave on the 29th. The race is on the 27th. Okay. And then I heard reports that you might be looking for another car as well for for Pikes Peak. Is that sometime in the future as well? So that car is with one of my partners. Uh, his name is Pat O'Keefe, and he owns uh, Safecraft and Next Gen Fuels, which are both my sponsors. And it is a uh, super light LMP1 car. So we are going to take that and put a twin turbo eco diesel in it with about 600 to 700 horsepower. And I will have that at the 100th running of the Pikes Peak Hill Climb. Nice. And so um, does this mean they're going to have a class that's just going to be open for you, which is going to be like a truck and a tow vehicle? Is that what's going to happen? Are you going to take both of them up as well and, and create a new, a unique record? I'll probably take both up. Um, and then do them again, I like I said, take both at up. the same time. So then you can do three runs, go for three records. Three records. Well, yeah. Why not? Right? I don't. So if I do, if when I bring the LMP car, the I'm just breaking my own record. So oh, okay. Oh, so they're all diesel-based I'm records. Trying, yeah. So my goal next, my goal not next year, but my goal this year is to beat last year's record that I set. And then the plan for the hundredth running, which is 2022, is to break 
the record and bring the diesel record into the nine-minute realm. Which would be, let's be honest, I mean, that would be an incredible feat. It would be fun. And that I think really, I think we can do it pretty as long as I keep it as long as I keep it between the lines I think uh, I think we can do it and have none of those unintentional um, what you call, what did you Impact call it? forgings there you go yeah <laughs> try and keep, yeah keep it on the on the uh, between the lines as you say yeah how how difficult is it then sort of gauging the two obviously race car programs to some extent of sort of building them putting them together as well as all your other projects that you have on the go? Uh, I, I think um, it pretty much takes up 90% of my capacity as a human being. Um, I have so many projects going right now. I just, it's, it's just kind of mine. I've, I've got three cars that are going to SEMA. Um, and that doesn't include Old Smokey, which is probably going to SEMA. We've got to finish those things up. And, you know, the racing season and getting Smokey ready for Pikes Peak and all the development and, you know, talking to sponsors and partners and trying to raise money for the effort because, you know, running Pikes Peak is not cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just uh, living the dream. Of course. Now, we, we touched on it earlier but didn't touch it much. Resolute Motorsports, how did that sort of come together for you? Um, Resolute Resolute Motorsports started. Um, I met my friend Gall through as a client um, and built him an Overland car, which, which our product is the Overland 911, which is our main product at Resolute, and uh, it's basically a throwback to the uh, 70s and through you know early 90s uh, safari style. Porsches, where they would take them and run them in the safari rallies and gravel rallies. And so we, you know, I met him, built him one. We got together, we started talking, and we just said, "Hey, let's let's uh, get to business together and uh, and build these cars." You know, I thought I thought we built a really good product, and so we did. And now we are on number four. So. So, like you said, just keeping yourself busy, right? It's part of that 90%. Yeah. Yeah, I figured, you know, if I'm not already totally maxed out on my on my own shop, I might as well start another one. <laughs> I mean, why not, right? I mean, it makes yeah. you, you've got, obviously, can do that straightforward. So, yep. yeah, with that... Pin it to win it, right? Yeah, and then, so the three vehicles that you're taking to SEMA, is the SEMA crunch something that you think is real in regards to that? I'm going... It is, yeah, it is, and it's horrible because for some reason you can plan ahead all you want, but the cars are never ready, and there's always this crazy crunch for where you work like 90 hours a week for two weeks just to get the cars there, and it's horrifying. But in the end, it's it's gratifying because you know you <clears throat> SEMA is the automotive aftermarket's you know big stage, so that's actually where Smokey got his you know, commercial start was he was uh, displayed in the autometer booth in the main hall in 2016. And it, it just became like this viral thing after that. Yeah, I even, think, I even remember seeing him there in 2016 when I walked past. And let's be mm -hmm. honest, Sm Smokey is really cool just when you see it. 
and now all obviously the the history behind it the stories the the more importantly the videos if you see smoke you behind the wheel of smoke i mean it just adds to that sort of uh, legend around the vehicle one might say it's it's had quite a life it's 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 pretty cool like i when i when i look at it in the shop it you know it's it's mundane to me because i see it every day but sometimes it hits me it's like you know that truck is is really something and it's it's really it's really had a transformation like you know it sat in the bushes for 30 years unknown and you know now it's now it's the most famous diesel race truck in the world which is yeah which just makes me really really proud of it and obviously i mean it hasn't had even in those years where it has been racing i mean it's been a difficult few years for you in those those couple of years when you've taken it up to the mountain right it hasn't been smooth sailing oh no it's been it's been a nightmare you know I'm, but i'm i'm not one to ever give up so you know my first year at pike's peak was 2018 and i uh you know made a dumb mistake and sent it right off engineer's corner which is the, which is the corner that gets everyone at pike's peak and uh you know had to pull it out of the ditch take it home to California, fix it, got it back in eight days and we qualified, but then the engine blew up. <laughs> so that was my first year. I crashed and blew up the engine. Um, the second year was 2019 and I actually set the diesel qualifying, uh, the, the fastest section one diesel time ever. And that was really exciting. And I was chomping at the bit for race day, and then race day came, and it started raining and snowing and hailing. So I did not get a complete run that year. And then last year, 2020, although you know during race day I I got my I was first one up the mountain after they cleared all the ice off, so I was a little skittish. Um, but you know I set the record. But to set that record, I had to blow up two engines, and there was it was just a ton of stress and and uh, you know really miserable time to get to that point but we did it and it was it was so worth it i mean and then also but, i mean obviously with your uh your first year there i mean there was some broken bones suffered wasn't there if i'm correct with my first crash i broke yes. my tailbone <laughs> which which obviously is not pleasant and no. <laughs> and then i'm guessing between those years didn't wasn't there there was those uh you might have been impacted a little bit by the 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 wildfires that we had here in california yeah so well that was the wildfire was right before uh, my first pike's peak okay so, so that was yeah my first pike's peak i had just been burned out of my house and lost everything i owned and then I crashed my truck at Pikes Peak. <laughs> so, yeah, so, like I said, I'm a resilient man, so I just keep trucking. Yeah, so you're like, 2018 was pretty bad, and 2020, you know, just keep on trucking. We can get through it, right? It's the only way to look forward, yeah, onwards and, and upwards. We did. Yeah, we uh, did. Now, now my team and I own the diesel record of Pikes Peak. So. And so does this mean that you've had all these people from Hollywood coming sniffing around, trying to put your, your life into a, a motion picture of sorts? I mean, if you can do it for getting on the WRC circuit, surely you can get it for breaking records. Right? How cool would that be? Um, I don't think I'd ever want to be in a in front of camera in that kind of uh, 
in that kind of capacity. But you know, if Brad, if Brad Pitt or George Clooney wants to hit me up and play me on there, I'm good. So that's it. That's that's the choices. It has to be either Brad or George. Did no one else? Uh, let's see. Who's the guy that plays 007? <laughs> Daniel Craig. He'd be a good one. They well, look. I'm sure he'd be up for it, right? Yeah. I mean, and so, he, you know, he's pretty good so, behind yeah. the wheel in those Aston Martins. But right? uh, so, I mean, which other vehicle? I mean, what other vehicles have you got though hidden around? I mean, I see all, you've, your newest creation. I think is the nuke, the nuke van, right? Yeah, the nuke van is hilarious. I love that thing. So it is a 1953 Ford um, van that was built for the California Department of Defense during the Cold War as a fast response vehicle to go out and assess the damage if a nuclear war happened. So that's why it's called the nuke van. But um, it came to me, so it was sold in the late 60s as surplus. And some hippies bought it, and they turned it into a mobile recording studio. And then another client of mine, it was his uncle that was that was the hippie that turned it into the mobile recording studio. And then he brought it to me to do a four-wheel drive conversion and a Cummins swap on it. So I did that for him. And then it sat at his house for a couple of years, and I bought it from him. I bought it back from him, and I completed it to what it is now. And now it has like, it's like a it's a high-end cabin on the inside. Oh, it's very Voice fancy. control everything. Yeah, it's it's very nice inside, but the outside looks like something from Jeepers Creepers, which is kind of awesome. But it's it's my family's RV, so that's that's our thing to go out and do a little overlanding and park by the ocean and barbecue outside, et cetera, et cetera. And when when it was a recording studio, a mobile recording studio, did they make any hits in it at all, or is it just sort of? I have no I have no idea, but I know there was copious amounts of. Uh, of uh, marijuana and uh, psychedelics done in it. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, it just look, it just adds to the stories, right? But didn't you did it just take oh, it recently yeah. out for King of the Hammers then? <laughs> yeah, we, I drove it the 10 hours down to the Mojave Desert for King of the Hammers. And uh, my friend Larry Chen and I went out and shot a uh, shot an autofocus episode with it for Hoonigan. So we went and wheeled it around the desert. So that should be out within the next couple of weeks, I think. Of course, because look, Larry's a professional. I know this. I've worked with him. He's all business all the time. Dude, Larry's, maybe, my, Larry's my boy. I love that guy. Maybe so some, much fun. Sometimes we'll make a joke, but it's business, business, business. I like it. I mean, I've never seen a man work so hard, and now he's got so many mini Larrys as well. It's a, you, you just don't know where he is. He's like all over the world <laughs> at the same time. He is. He is. He's he's omnipresent. I mean, literally omnipresent. I mean, that's a very fair point. <laughs> but then, yeah, so, can you, yeah, I was going to, sorry, Scott. Uh, I was just, just going to say, um, we're, we sh- we'll probably be doing one of my other cars here pretty soon, as soon as I get the engine done in it. Which one is Later that? Is, is that going to be one of your, is that your 2JZ end or a different direction? Oh, it's got a 2JZ. It's a, it's a 1998 Supra twin turbo. That's the... So is it the white one that's a thousand horsepower, if I remember correctly, or am I getting mixed up? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's got twin uh, twin Garrett G twenty five six sixties on it. Should should make over a thousand horsepower when we're all done with it. And when you, if you're all done with it, you say, what's the the goal for it? What are you going to be doing with it? It's uh, it's kind of like my car jewelry. 
it's it's my it's a very rare car, so I'm not going to be out trashing on it. But um, you you I'm say just that trying now. to build the nicest. Right. Yeah. Well, no, and, you, you and know I'll they, be out there beating it up. That's what I say. You say it now, and then you're going to bring it to the burnyard, and then you're going to blow the tires off it, and that's when you be right. like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't look, know if I'll, know. I don't know if I'll take it to the burnyard. Famous fact, last words when we better not tell Brian that. Be like, no, no, this one doesn't go anywhere. It's broken. It's broken. It's like one of your vehicles. Yeah, it's not no, it, no, it's too expensive for. The, well, I say that, but I take my half a million dollar race truck there and beat it to the ground. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, that that excuse. You can't say it's too expensive. It's not going to work on that one. Well, you know, I think it's different when it's a race car because it's made out of tubes and stuff like that. Like if I if I take my, you know hundred and something thousand dollars super and smash it into a wall. <laughs> I'm not going to be very happy about it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, it's going to be that weird piece of plastic that you need to get and everything else is fine. You can do the metal work and everything fine, but it's that weird, like one little piece of interior that you need to complete it. And you can't for the life of you find it anywhere. And when you do, right. it gets outbid on Yahoo Japan and you're like, Oh, damn you, Brian. Yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to take that road. I'm, I'll take my, I'll take my new super to the burnyard because I don't really care about that thing. But what do you think of the one, new super? That's my baby. How are you? How many, How are you enjoying it? I think it is an excellent, excellent car. Um, it handles very well. Uh, a lot of the a lot of the automotive journalists complain that it's that it's uh, that it's kind of tail happy, but I I really like that. Um, it's it's just a, it's a very 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 well done car. It is 100% a BMW, but it is it is a really good car. And I'm assuming yours is probably a little more uh, than stock horsepower, I'm guessing, and things like that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure within the first week, I had already had my, some packages show up from one of my partners, AMS, and we we kind of tweaked it a little bit. But yeah, it's definitely not stock. Unless it goes back to the dealership, you know, for that service, and then it's totally 100% warranties intact. Absolutely correct. Definitely um, not being touched. I just take it in there. I mean, it's 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 when you pop the hood and listen to it, it's obviously not stock, so they're not stupid, but they haven't voided my warranty yet. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, right. it's a it's a BMW for Christ's sake. So I'm not trying to drive a BMW with no warranty. <laughs> Very true. And look, the dealership won't be listening to the podcast. It's only like uh, my mom and dad and a few others that do. And, and Dave, Radar, Matt, right. Dave, we'll give him a shout out. So they're, you're totally fine, Scott. It's absolutely fine. But what are some of the other vehicles that you have then, as you like to say, your automotive jewelry? Oh, gosh. Where do you want me to start? Um, I have, so I have a 98 Supra twin turbo. I have a 2021 Supra. I have. Um, we have the Overland Porsche. The oh fan. gosh, the Nuke van. I've got Brutus, which is my. That's a big green um, one, right? Yeah, it's a big uh, six-wheel drive army truck. It's a 2006 uh, Harsco. Um, I have. I have a 1930 Model A. That's. It's like all original paint and it's nearly perfect. It's 90 years old and it's just been well taken care of. I know I'm 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 missing a thousand things. I got my tow rig, which is just it's just a Dodge 3500. It's 
so look, we're up to like we're up to seven there. You're obviously already forgetting some, which makes it good for your other half. You say, look, these are only the seven I've no, got. I know. Oh, I oh, I forgot. I've got a uh, I've got a BMW M3 that we use for 24 hours of lemons. Um, I've got another one that's a drift car. Uh, what else do I? I know I have more cars. <laughs> Old oh, no, Smoky. This, this is the next question though: uh, is how what's the best way to get through things at the DMV then with so many cars? Um, never go to the DMV. <laughs> I always use AAA or for a uh, independent kind of, you know, the people who come verify your VIN tags and all that stuff. But I, I don't, I never walk into the DMV because it's it's Russian roulette. Look, there you go, right? Exactly. So I'm like, look, there's a tip out there for everyone. Use someone else. Yeah. Do you want? Do you want your? Imp- do you want, yeah. You want to? You're either going to get a killer deal on your tags, and the lady's going to be super nice to you. Or the tow truck's coming to tow your truck to the crushing yard and you're going to get fined $20,000. Like, there's really no middle ground. I mean, that's that's about as true as you can get to say about the DMV, honestly. It might as well be the seventh circle of hell because I'm not going there. <laughs> and so in regards to you, though, and the people that work in, in part of your businesses, I mean, what tips would you give out there for folks that are looking to get sort of into the maybe not wear as many hats as yourself because you're unique in that regard. But if they wanted to get into like working in the fabrication field or working, getting their hands on, what are the tips or suggestions that you give them to do in regards to that? Because obviously we see things like maybe shop classes moving away from some of the high schools now that don't get to see that opportunity. So what would you suggest is the best way for folks to get that sort of hands on? Well, I mean, if you don't, if you don't have shop class or anything available, you know, have your own, have your own, preferably not your daily driver, but, you know, have a little project car, whether it's a $200 nice car or, you know, whatever you can afford to just tinker with and start learning, you know, go buy yourself a used welder and start welding, ask lots of questions. Um, I always jokingly say I learned something on the university of YouTube, but that's, that's not a lie. There's a lot of really good, um, you know, informal classes and everything you can take on YouTube. Just uh, and just you know, have a have a good a good amount of motivation. You know, you can't you know, to get anywhere in in this industry. You've got to be, you know, a hardworking individual with a really good work ethic. Do you have challenges, sort of like finding people that sort of you feel confident, like bringing on board for your team there? I mean, I've heard it's that from some impos- others. It's nearly impossible. Yeah, um, I mean, I've been searching for over two years to add more guys to the team and you know I get I get when I put a when I put a help wanted thing up I get hundreds of applications um, and then there'll maybe be one or two that have the qualifications at least on paper to come do the job but then they come do the job and they're not qualified or or they you know, the, the flip side of that is I've had guys that are supremely talented show up and then not have the work ethic. So if you're missing either one of those, you're dead in the water. Like, I mean, my big thing in my shop is, you know, attention to detail and quality. And if, and if guys aren't really into, you know, if you're not motivated and you don't truly love your craft, you're not going to have any attention to detail. Left. So, Do you have any it's, challenges, it's, obviously? Uh, 
being in the Bay Area and the slack salaries kind of thing as well, whereas obviously people come in and they want to Bay Area salary, which is obviously these days quite expensive. Yeah, no, I mean, I pay really well too. I I probably pay more than any of the other shops around me, but it's still hard to find guys with with the skill sets that I need and with the work ethic. It's I don't know if it's a Northern California thing or not, but it's just the I think our I think our culture in the last 15 20 years has has created people that don't want to work hard anymore. Yeah, I mean, I know that in talking just recently even to Scotty from Scotty's workshop that specializes in BMW motorcycles down there in the the East Bay and and Igor up in at CA tuned up in Sacramento, he right. says the same thing. It's just difficult finding people. Yeah. It's either Yeah, they, shout out shout out to Igor. That's my boy. I mean, superstar, superstar. Um, yeah, he's the best. But uh, it's, yeah, like you said, it's just difficult. I mean, obviously, like you say, you either get the people that, that say they've got the skills and they don't have the skills or people that don't have the skills and then want the people with the skilled salaries kind of thing. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh my, and then you've got to like train someone, take it away. I mean, you've obviously got your 90% of your time taking up with everything else. I mean, how much time have you got for someone to, to sort of help that kind of thing? I mean, it's, it's difficult. It's very difficult. So, you know, of course, I, I work my, I work my brains out at the shop, and you know, my guys work real hard with me. But, you know, it feels like we can never catch up. And the, and the bummer part is, is I have to turn down so many amazing projects that, that I would just love to do, but I just don't have the manpower to do them. Yeah. So, you know? so speaking of that, so since obviously you've your exposure to this uh the world thanks to obviously things like the world wide web and that you must get a lot of people coming and talking to you saying i'd like you to do this or what do you think of this idea um and let's take oh, obviously yeah. the, take so the factor cool out, take the factor out of say uh the finances let's say this is the dream one where they have the money rather than someone wanting their their eyes are bigger than the bank balance situation but you must get a lot of up you must be in, at least in a position then where while you have so many things come through you get to pick and choose the ones that you like to some extent, but you wish you could do more. Yeah, obviously. I definitely, I definitely pick and choose the cars I want to build. And, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't help everyone. So you have to, you also have to pick and choose the clients on, you know, budgets. And if, if somebody is, uh, you know, talking about a budget build right out the gate, usually it, it kind of kills the whole thing because those, Budget builds usually end up sitting in the shop for months at a time while while the while the client is looking to to get the money that budget. to yeah. build the car. <laughs> Obviously. So those those end up being yeah those end up being uh, um, kind of a burden. So mm-hmm. it, it is nice. You know. It's taking up space as well, I guess, in the shop and things like that that come through. And you yeah. obviously, when you come through, you're like, you know what? Let's just keep this minimal. And by minimal, I mean it needs to be at least. 1200 horsepower right straight out of the gate kind oh of yeah thing. no we got a thousand horsepower minimum you know yeah if you can't <laughs> no four you know thousand horsepower <laughs> minimum done <laughs> don't give me any ideas my forklift my electric forklift just died so we might just tesla swap it i look it seems like a good idea to me i mean surely you could i mean even if you didn't go tesla you get a smaller like motor like the leaf or something to put in there you shouldn't have any problems with that yeah, I think both would be equally horrifying in a in a forklift. But yeah, so I mean, it's uh it is nice 
to pick and choose the work. Um, but it is also not nice to have to uh, turn down a lot of the really cool projects that come come across my desk. So I just uh, I just hired another guy that's starting in April. I'm pretty excited about. And um, and then a friend of mine is most likely going to come join the crew too. He's a he's a great welder and engineer. So. Well, that's awesome then. Things, and then. things are looking up in the personnel department. That's good. So what about, uh, who are the sponsors should we talk about that make that sort of help and make this all possible for you? Who are the ones that sort of stand out there that, that are the ones that are supporting you in this any which way you can to get, uh, to break these records and to oh, make man, these I awesome have, bills? I have so many. So plug away, plug away. This one, is your time. My main guys would be Toyo Tires, my guy Carl and Stan at Toyo. Uh, and Dion that sent some video stuff for me. Those guys, Carl in general, really helped me get on the scene and really has supported the whole race team. So shout out to Carl. I got Dynamite Diesel, my boy Lenny at Dynamite Diesel. He so he um, supplies injectors. Um, he supplied race engines, uh, fuel pumps, and he's just a really good friend of mine. So he's he's been very helpful. Uh, in fact, in 20, for our world record run at Pikes Peak, he gave me his personal engine, which he drove all the way down from uh, Idaho to Pikes Peak to uh, to give me. So that's, that's huge, um, yeah. right? That's 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 a good friend and a good racing partner. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got Dynamite Diesel, Toyo Tires. Um, I've got ATS, and who's also in Arvada, Clint. Um, they've been supplying me with transmissions. They're awesome. Uh, I got Boxo Tools. They're my tool sponsor. They've been awesome. Um, Air Raid, who's been a past title sponsor for me. Um, oh my gosh, these guys are gonna get me. You know, I got Lightspeed Wheels are my wheel sponsor. Got this wheel is brakes. I was going to say, this is where you needed to pull up your posting on Instagram and so you can look through it all the Right, I need to look at like, in my post with all the uh, with all the different tags on it to, uh, to see all that stuff. Um, let's see, I got Pat from Safecraft. We talked about him earlier. He's, he's, mm-hmm. he's going to be my teammate this year and next year at Pikes Peak. Um, and he also owns Next Gen Fuel. Let's see, who else? Vibrant Performance. They do all the uh, tubing and everything for me. Hoonigan, of course. Um, Brian at Hoonigan, he's the uh, co-founder there, and he's a really good friend. And as uh, man, he just he's always including me and in stuff. And uh, I, I honestly wouldn't be where I am right now without 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 Scotto's help. He even he even sent me a uh, when my house burned down. He even sent me this giant box of clothes because I, I pretty much had like a t-shirt and a couple pairs of jeans. <laughs> so shout out to Scotto. So, I mean, I, there's, there's just so many different companies that come together to help me out. You know, PTP turbo blankets, you know, tile wastegates, just so many cool dudes helping me. Yeah. It's just great to hear that you got that such good relationship with most of them that it's able to sort of make these things come together for you to put this project that you've got and see it come to fruition so you break these records i can't say that enough right yeah and all these 
these these people at the different companies that I work with, they all they all turn into my friends. You know, I don't I don't want to just stick my hands out and be be the guy asking for free parts, you know, in exchange for you know hollering at you on my inter- on my Instagram or whatever. You know, it's like mm-hmm. uh, well, yeah, I forgot uh, Billy at Sparco Seats. Of course, they keep you safe and uh, uh, your broken yeah, tailbone yeah. in good condition. <laughs> I, I'm sure I forgot, you know, a whole bunch because I I think we have like 32 different partners right now. So, but yeah, like without these guys helping me out and you know, oh man, I did forget one. He's, yeah, pro- so- he's probably gonna listen to the podcast too. But uh, Tim Colty at Garrett Motion. Um, oh yeah, Tim. Tim was one of the first sponsors I've ever had, and he gave me turbos for Old Smoky uh, for SEMA, and we just hit it off. We've been really good friends ever since, and he's been like one of my main partners in racing. So, shout out to Tim. See, we've we've still got time. If you remember ones that come in, then right? they can they can sort of you can just slide them in there as people that have helped you. Right. I mean, if it if it if it pops in my head, I'm just going to come out with a little, little little mini commercial. Look, I'm I'm all for it. But I did have one thing as well. I wanted to touch on here. I also heard that you might have a Mercedes, a vintage or an older Mercedes there that you were thinking of making into a burnout car. <laughs> I do actually. <laughs> Where do you hear this stuff? Look, it's, um, uh, I've got I've got my the no breaking uh, spies everywhere that tell me I'll pull this stuff together. But I mean. Obviously, you do a great burnout, but I just I'm biased here. Obviously, it's a very good American burnout. So I would oh, really like no. you. Oh no! Usually, only usually only the Aussies are trolling me about this stuff. No, that's what I'm saying. That's 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 why you need to bring. If you were to make it, I really hope you can take that car to Summonats and show the Australians that have been giving you a hard time that you can produce an equally good. Burnout. That's all I'm saying. When th- with so the tip I've in got there. this. Yeah, I think I could do it. But I've got a '63 Mercedes uh, four-door station, or not four-door station wagon, four-door sedan that's in real good shape, and I just want to put like a giant twin-turbo, huge cubic-inch, you know, Chevy V8 under the hood. And... Obviously, I mean that's you need that. <laughs> And just you know, go out and slay some tires in it. I just the the Aussie burnout cars, the skid cars are so damn fun. Yeah, I mean that's there's a difference between. I mean, I obviously with my Australian heritage that comes through a little bit, know that the Summonats has been quite a spectacular, and the skid cars or the burnout cars as they have. I mean, they are a very unique brand of Australiana uh, motoring that I think they do pretty well because of the heritage. They're pretty well. I mean, you have to be do a very good job to beat them at that game. That's what I will say. But I think you've got the yeah, I not, think you've yeah, got the to do I it. I definitely don't think I could beat them. I don't think I think I could beat them. There's the guys out there like the Myers brothers that just they have that they have the formula down to a, it's it's a perfect science to them. Yeah, so. <laughs> but you can show up and put a good performance that's what i'm saying you can deliver you can you could hold up for the united states is what i'm saying oh yeah no i could i could definitely go represent properly but uh those those guys are um those guys are something else man like the <laughs> they i mean they don't even put rear brakes on their cars <laughs> it's just they only 
the only point of that car is to go out and just burn out until the until the rims are hitting the ground. So, and, and that's as know, quickly as possible, as quickly as possible, blowing quick, those yeah. tires off. And that's what gets me is how fast they can get like 150 miles an hour at tire speed in those things. It's just it's insane. But I, mean, I love it, and I kind of want to build one, and I kind of want to make it street legal and drive it around. I mean, I know people complain over here. They say, oh, the Australians use the skinny tires, the skinny tires. And, I mean, they do, but that's only because they're cheap. <laughs> I like that's the answer, not because, know, they're, they're will, because they're cheap. I will say this, though. When I go out and put on a smoke show in Smokey, I'm doing it on 14-inch wide rear wheels and 335 Toyo sticky race tires. Look. Toyos, I'm I'm a big fan of the Toyos Tiki race car, uh, tires. I mean, I've got the R888Rs on my car. Um, yep, that's that's what I use for burnout tires. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's, it's perfect for burnout tires. Absolutely easy. But no, I look. Old Smokey gets a well-deserved name. He and you, well talented behind the wheel when you're wanting to do either the the time trial climbing mountains or whether you're trying to create as much smoke and show off and win the Burnyard competitions. Look, without a doubt, easy, easy victory for you there, Scott. It's fun. Um, but Thank with you. that then, what are the next goals for you? I mean, we've talked about Pikes Peak. Are there any, and you've talked about maybe looking at half mile and like speed events. Is there anything else that's sort of on the radar for you guys? You know, I don't know. Like, it, like I said earlier, I just kind of take, I just kind of take things as they come and, and just do everything kind of organically. So things, things grow into what, what they become. So I would like, I would really like to, to bring the diesel record at Pikes Peak into the nines. Um, and then obviously I, I don't, it's going to take old age to stop me from racing Pikes Peak because I'm absolutely hooked to that. So that's going to be on the horizon for as far as I can see. And then, you know, I really want to grow my Porsche business and, uh, and, you know, be one of the top providers in the Porsche world for, you know, the, the overland aftermarket and, and uh, hopefully get more into the road racing, road racing and hot street car part of it. You know, we've got a, we've got a product called the Tanto 911, which is the, which is our road car, which is, kind of a no holds barred, you know, air cooled GT3 suspension from Elephant Racing, uh, you know, built Rassant motor, all the good all the goodies, custom, you know, bespoke interiors. So we just I, I really want to grow that business because I, I really like the air cooled Porsche world. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't know, just build fast stuff and and have fun and drive cars that make me laugh, you know? And and maybe spend a little bit of time with the family, obviously. Oh yeah, no, I it's I actually am enjoying this whole you know kids not having school thing because she she does school at the shop uh, with her tutor, and then she's you know after twelve o'clock she's running around and tinkering in the shop and watching me work and you know we we have a good time so hopefully hopefully I'm growing a growing a gearhead out of her because she she definitely likes cars you've got a little apprentice in the making yes and before i was going to say before we sign off there's two other things i felt i had to sort of touch on to try and give you the chance to think of more sponsors the first i think your t-shirt game is very strong (laughs) thank you 
I mean, it's very a very strong T-shirt game there, so everyone should go and certainly go over to your website and buy T-shirts. And um, your uh, Mimi game on social media. <laughs> my meme game? Yes. Yeah, my meme game is pretty strong. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I think, I think I come up with some pretty good ones. You do. And then not only that, your, as the English would say, your banter and your social media is also top-notch as well. I do like that as well. <laughs> Especially when people try to troll me. I just I just take it as an open invitation. It's, it's just your fair game at that point. Look, if, but I, tr I try to have good, clean fun with it. It is the internet, and so people always have expectations and ideas, and they do like to maybe, uh, I would say they, in, in a polite way, they might like to overstretch their talent or their skills. Um, <laughs> and it's nice for you to maybe bring them back down to earth or maybe level set for them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I kind of enjoy that, but... <laughs> Look, someone's going to do it. But with that, where's the best place for people to find you um, online? Uh, the best place to find me online is on Instagram. And uh, my Instagram is at Chuckles Garage. Uh, you can go on my Facebook, but I, I hate Facebook. It's just a miserable place. Of course. So I'm, I'm rarely on there. Um, and it's just at Chuckles Garage. Um, and then I started a Twitter a few months ago and I think I have like six followers or something like that. So you have Twitter seven soon. You'll have seven soon. I'll find you. That's it. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't, I, I can't remember the last time I posted a Twitter, but anyways, <laughs> it's, uh, everything I have is at Chuckles Garage. So you can just go anywhere, YouTube at Chuckles Garage. So it's all at Chuckles Garage. What about old Smokey's Instagram? Can't forget old Smokey. You know, that's one I've got a whole but I've got like sixty five or seventy thousand followers on there and I never use the thing, so it's just kind of uh extra because I put all the old smoky stuff on my personal page my too, so um but it's at old smoky F one. And what about uh, Resolute Motorsports? Is that just at Resolute Motorsports maybe? Yes. And then Resolute Motorsports is just at Resolute Motorsports and there's a Instagram and a Facebook and a YouTube. And then if people are wanting to buy merch, is it just chucklesgarage.com then? So my merch is, oh God, what is it? It's a uh, big, you know, or the online uh, big, big cartel. cartel. Yeah. Yeah. So you go to bigcartel.chucklesgarage. There you go. And you can find all my merch. Look, I'm just trying to help you plug that merch. It's all about those t-shirts that I enjoy Thank so you. much. They run 2JZ. I'm actually running really skinny on shirts right now. <laughs> Don't buy any shirts. <laughs> Don't buy any shirts, everyone. This means it's going to be running. Everyone's going to be like, whoa, this is going to be some hype beast where if he's running low, he might never do them again. We're going to buy them now. Right, and they must be rare. Resell them, resell them for $400 a pop. Well, Scotty, it's been um, an absolute pleasure talking to you. Well, thank you. This is a, this is a fun podcast. No, no, and I really appreciate you uh, making the time for me. I know it's been uh, challenging over the past couple of weeks to setting things up, but it's been it's been really great. Um, and I'm eventually yeah, when I we, we don't worry about it. It's absolutely fine. You're a busy man, and you should fo definitely focus on your work rather than and the family rather than focusing on me. I'm just a guy with a microphone, a USB mic. That's all it is. I promise. Yeah, I never, I I uh, I definitely wouldn't say you're just a guy with a microphone, but. I I try not if if somebody takes the time out of their schedule or you know thinks that 
I'm special enough to be on their podcast. It's like I'm 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 open to everyone, so I'm not you know, it's I don't know, just it's just kind of a cool thing when someone wants you to be on their podcast, you're like, Well that's kind of an honor, so of course. Well, and also I've got to give a big shout out to Radar Mag Dave for helping me get the ball rolling with this because Dave has been one of my number ones from the start. So a big shout out for Dave. Appreciate that, Matt. Big shout out to Dave. I've known Dave for a long time. I love that guy. One day, one day I'll get to meet he, Dave and then one day I'll come up and meet you as well, Scott. That's what I'll say when we can yeah, finally Dave, travel and meet Dave each is other actually, again. Dave is actually, um, he is probably one of the strongest internet trolls I know. He is, he is very good at trolling me on the internet. Look, I'll say his um, photo game that I get so when he slides into my DMs with his photos, I very much appreciate. It's highlights of my day. Yeah, when he slides into my DMs with photos, I'm, I'm usually a little alarmed. Like yeah, they, they've probably, got those like warning things on them for the yeah. for the sensitive content. Yeah, they're different yeah. ones he sends to you than he sends to me, Scott. I think I think that's yeah. They're, li- they're a little they're a little weird. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> But that's the, I mean that's 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 Dave. Got to love him. And yeah, he he, he, he keeps telling me that I need to bring him on the podcast, so maybe one day I just will. I'll threaten him, and he'll. And he then should. He's awesome. Well, of course that's a given, but uh, I think he's a little scared at the same time. So we'll see what he says after listening to this podcast. Wow. But I'm gonna I'll talk I'll talk him into it. All right, it's good. It's good. All right, let's go. Well, thank you so much again for everything. Um, you keep being awesome, and everyone should definitely go check you out on social media maybe not buy too many t-shirts maybe only buy two or three instead of four or five each um so you can sort of get them all back at stocked in the system again but uh looking yeah, forward no, to seeing you how... really should go buy a t-shirt i'm trying to pay the bills here exactly and then they should definitely go like all your sponsors because they help you with your race program and everything else and more importantly we're really looking forward to seeing you get back out there at events eventually and obviously see you running at Pikes Peak this year, breaking records again. Yes, thank you. And thank you all, everyone, to listening. And as always, you'll hear from me next time. So thank you so much. And again, bye-bye.